Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, we of course are going to be talking about Kentucky's win over Kansas. We'll talk about butts, yes, butts. Uh, and then a, a ton of other stuff. I don't even know what all we'll get to today because there are so many things uh, to discuss. But I did, before we get into that, did want to mention that this edition of the show is brought to you by Buffalo Trace. We'll tell you more about them in just a bit. But Kyle, uh, let's see, where's the, I guess I should get the, well, I'll just let you say the quote of what Bill Self said after the game. A little light in the butt. A l- putting it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> a little light in the butt. Oh, goodness. And or putting it mildly, I think he said. <laughs> and, of course, he's referring to the size, the advantage that Kentucky had outside of Dedrick Lawson. And, uh, Kyle, you wrote about it on The Athletic. That's probably the best place to start. I mean, it's a funny way to get into the topic, but Reed Travis was dominant in the first half, and P.J. Washington was dominant in the second half, and they led Kentucky to the win. Yeah, I mean, that was that was as well as they've played together easily at this point reed travis was just a dump truck i mean he had two or three possessions early where he was kind of doing that thing again where he you know, talks about it, trying to gather himself feel catch it and feel out what's going to happen and then go up and you know this is or he turns it over or gets a shot and then it was just switch and he's just grown man scoring three bucket um and he's drawing fouls at one point i Drew like four fouls in a row. Uh, he could have had an even bigger game. He missed a couple free and one tries, but he, uh, you know, he was some very difficult rebounds. He was scoring some really tough baskets. And then uh, PJ is just, I mean, he's, he is being that guy now that everybody said they could be. And I, to, to just some personal vindication here, I mean, he's <laughs> win SEC player of the year probably, but like that's the dude, right? That like, my bold proclamation after he said he was coming back, like he could be the SEC player of the year. Like he's the best player. I think he's the best player in the league. Like last night as the best player in the league. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, when you're looking at it head to head, at least it, in the conversation, at, at least in the conversation, it's um, obviously him and it's Grant Williams is going to, this is the guy who's going to win right. player of the year. I, I would venture to guess. I mean, things can change as we get down the stretch, but Tremont waters is probably yeah, in that conversation that, that too uh, as well. But one of the plays that stands out to me is I'm sure Scott Charlton, uh, hopefully he did. I didn't go back and look, has the video, the guy who has highlight videos and service to us all. I got to go see if he has that. But PJ had a rebound where it was like he went like go, go gadget arms to get a fingertip on a ball that wasn't even tip, tip, tip to himself. And then, you know, pogo sticks over everybody to eventually get it. He made a bunch of plays like that. He was really good on the glass. He and Reed both were. And then he was just, you know, I don't, they didn't have anything to him. <laughs> yeah, no. He they, had a, a, another like freak athletic uh, was that I didn't even catch in real. Scott Charlton definitely had a video of this. He drives baseline, uh, encounters a defender, and pulls it down like wire and still has enough lift to push it back up and dunk it at the end. Uh, a double clutch, you know, kind of hanging dunk. He was just really good, and and, uh, and I 
I described it on the story today on The Athletic. You know, when they're playing like this, they have a dump truck, Reed Travis, and a mm-hmm. Ferrari. And, I mean, I just – the biggest point that I made, and I think a lot of people would make, is who else in the country has a punch like that um, in the paint? And then certainly, even if they have that, does anybody else have the luxury of a Nick Richards just sitting there on the bench and an EJ Montgomery? I mean, Nick Richards has now blocked 15 shots in his last 96 minutes. That's good. Um, he only played nine minutes, blocked five shots last night. And if he wasn't playing against – I got to think that Diedrich Lawson leads the country in getting his own shot blocked on the first try, but getting it back a second or third time and then scoring. Uh, if he was playing against anybody else, Nick Richards' impact would have been even bigger. I think he had three blocks where Lawson got it back. Still, Yeah, the – the the one play that's sticking out to my mind, and it was Willie Cauley-Stein-esque, is when Lawson, basically, he went, I don't think it was coast-to-coast, coast, but he got it near half court and started to drive, and Richards played it Tracked perf- him down. Yeah, yeah, and played it yeah. perfectly and ended up blocking the shot. I, I mean, that was... Yeah, kind of intentionally lets him go by yeah. and then just crams it. Yeah, yeah and so, I mean, at plays like that, when you see them, oftentimes, you know, you wondered all last year aloud, and, and, and we've kind of flipped the script a little bit. But when you see plays like that, you're like, that's why John Calipari continually tries to push buttons with Nick Richards and to get him on the court. Because if he can become that all the time, which is almost impossible, but it, like a good portion of the time, then you have an unbelievable defensive player. Uh, quickly on P.J. Washington, John Calipari after the game uh, said, I think when he plays at a different pace, a different level of intensity, a different level of bouncing and alertness, I'm telling you, He's as good as anybody in the country. He is. When he doesn't, he's okay. He's just okay. And that, that was kind of the theme. And, and Calipari, I think, actually brought it up twice in the press conference, and he brought it up before the game as well at his media availability. He showed tape to P.J. Washington and Keldon Johnson of them going full out and how good they looked when they did it, and that's what he's attempting uh, for, to get them to do constantly. Yeah, we, didn't even, we haven't even mentioned Keldon, but he had 15 and 10. Travis had uh, 18 and 12 and 20 and 13. Um, that's a massive from, I mean, it literally had zero point, uh, but it didn't matter. Their starters were so good. Those guys were so, uh, they, they, Ollie, Kansas. And this was a case too, where, you know, it was especially pronounced because Kansas essentially had one big guy. And we talked about this in previewing the game. I felt like they were just going to be able to throw, numbers at Kansas because Kansas essentially had Diedrich Lawson and that's it because as injured and uh, D'Souza is still uh, in NCAA purgatory. Um, and so they were just able, they, they outscored Kansas by 18 in the paint. They out rebounded them by 13. Um, and you know, when, when you, when you have PJ and Reed doing what they're doing and then you have a, a wing, a six foot six wing, that's very bouncy athletic, like who's going to get a, Double, um, I don't know how you handle that. Stop that, and not to mention hit some trees in that game. But it's the first time since John Ball, Demarcus, and Patrick Patterson did it that Kentucky's had three guys get a double double in a game. It's some pretty good company. Um, I just, to me, what we've seen lately, and it's not just you know you don't want to overreact to one game. But it isn't one game. I mean, this is now since that Duke game. They're 5-0 against the current top 25, and they've won three straight. It's the first time since 2000 
that a Kentucky team in the regular season has won uh, three consecutive games uh, against ranked teams back to back. I mean, they beat they just beat three five teams in eight days, and and you know I, I at this point you have to really consider bona fide national title contender again. It took some to climb back up, but you know Cal Perry said we're taking that. What did he? I forget he's exactly how he phrased it, but he said we're taking that steady climb. Um, and the and you look at it and still go like, man, there's still a bunch of stuff they can be better at. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what. One of the guys who I don't want to say didn't show up because I think he showed up on one side of the court, but that's a little bit difficult to kind of pinpoint um, when you're just watching the game. Was was Tyler Hero? So I want to discuss him next. But before we do that. I did want to tell you guys about uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery. And uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery is the world's most award-winning distillery. You can see 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. Smell the mash cooking, touch the charred oak barrels, aging in century-old warehouses. Hear the tales of bourbon legends Taylor, Blanton, Weller, and Lee. And most importantly, you can taste the award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. Buffalo Trace Distillery offers six unique complimentary tours seven days a week, year-round. Um, and they all come with complimentary tastings as well. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. And right now, if you go on a visit there and you go to the gift shop and you mention Locked On Kentucky, you get 10% off merchandise. So go visit Buffalo Trace Distillery and go get 10% off that merchandise you buy after you take your complimentary tour and get your complimentary sample. BuffaloTraceDistillery.com You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I have a hypothesis, and uh, Kyle, you're more of a basketball Benny than me, in my opinion. So I will lay this with you. Both, um, two best, well, and this is always kind of, splitting hairs but uh, i'll just say hero and vic going in were probably considered the two best shooting guys on each team and you can quibble with with hero and kentucky yeah. and that's fine um but vic ends ends the games he only he goes two for three from deep and both of those were late kind of in garbage time and it made the game a little bit interesting uh hero ends up going oh for four from deep uh two for nine overall uh, but I, 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 the way I saw it, most of the game they were kind of guarding each other, and I feel like they might have wore each other out. And Hero did really, really good on Vic. Obviously, Vic, you know, only making a couple threes there. Uh, most of them were in at a point where yep. it didn't make a big difference. Um, but Bill Sn- Bill Self complimented Hero's defense, um, and John Calipari gave a little bit of praise to Hero. But what did you see in that matchup? Yeah, I think if you were if you were saying, you know. Get Tyler Hero out of there, then you're you you're really only watching one end of the four. Um, and like, however you do it, if you say going into that game, Tyler Hero, we need a zero out of your, you take it right because like like Le- Vic is the only guy on the perimeter who can hurt Kentucky. He's the only guy who could get hot and score twenty five points and hit a bunch of threes. I mean, going into that game, they had one guy in the post that scares you. He got his numbers, but they made him really work for it. Uh, Lawson, I think he was 7 of 18 from the field. Uh, so they made him earn it, and they wore him out. Uh, and then they had Vic on the outside. And he was shooting like 46% from three. Um, 
had like twice or three times as many made threes as anybody else on the team. He's really their only threat. Uh, and so if you get a neutral result out of that, it doesn't matter that Tyler Hero didn't score. I mean, you'd like him to. Most notably, he was defending Vic excellently. I mean, he stayed in front of him. He made it difficult for him to uh, catch the ball. Uh, he chased him through screens. He stayed connected. Um, Tyler better def- he was at the beginning of the year. He's a much better defender than people, uh, I think, have given him credit for. Um, and the rated guy defensively was Ty- Tyler Hero, that he was kind of a difference maker. I think he's right. Was not great offensively, huge in that game, but basically playing Gerald Vick to a draw. I think if you said going in that Diedrich Lawson was going to uh, have to take 17 shots uh, to get his points and uh, to get 20 points, and that um, Tyler Hero and De- and uh, and LeGerald Vick were going to basically play each other to a draw, you would say Kentucky wins that probably reasonably comfortably and that's basically what happened so um i i thought hero was was very good in that game and he did some other things he rebounded uh he passed the ball he had the pass of the game uh pick and roll with pj washington that was a beautiful feat for an easy dunk um i thought he was i mean how many assists did he end up with i didn't i don't have the stat sheet in front of me but i feel like he well had like a, like a 6.5 rebound five assist game this will uh this will transition into the, or the am I crazy? no no you're not crazy you were you were right for a time i believe technically um but uh, the, the last guy we kind of wanted to get to that we haven't oh mentioned they took yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so he uh, on the stat sheet that i had that was handed to me after the game he finished with five with six points, five rebounds, and five assists. Ashton Haggins finished with uh, twelve points, two rebounds, and seven assists. But per usual, now it's becoming a common occurrence. We get an email updating the box score after the game, and this says actually uh, one of Tyler Hero's assists should have been credited to Ashton Haggins. So Haggins finished with eight assists. Hero finished with four assists, uh, but six points, five rebounds, and four assists is still a really good contribution from Hero. But, I mean, do you think there's becoming some jealousy? Because I feel like every time Ashton Haggins gets one of these bonus bonus stats, normally it's a steal, they're always being taken from Tyler Hero. Yeah, I mean, somebody's got to gotta come from somewhere. Um, I, I have wondered that a couple times, if the guys who get uh, get their stat line pillaged are, are of Ashton Haggins. But I assume the way he uh, helps facilitate most of their other things they're probably okay with it what is that now 17 assists in the last two games for uh, ashton Hagens. he also got back to his three steal ways he had three of uh three steals to go with his eight assists last night he had a couple really nice finishes at the rim but um it is uncanny how often i think this is like the seventh time that we've gotten a post game note that ashton Hagens got more stuff than he initially uh, was credited <laughs> Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and I, I mean, he, he played well again, and I kind of did like Calipari getting into him a little bit the way he described it to us because he was talking about uh, the Kansas points point guard Dotson, who played pretty well. He didn't he didn't reach your threshold, Kyle, that we just set up before the game about what was it five turnovers? Uh, he actually played really well. It looks like he only had one. Yeah, he did five five plus in all of their losses. Yeah, so he only had one turnover this game, and. Uh, 
he I don't think he ever was out playing Hagen's necessarily, but he was playing well. And I guess at one point, Calip Perry said uh, he's a freshman too to Hagen's, and then Hagen's probably took that to a little bit of a challenge, even though I don't think he was on him the entire game. One thing I did want to mention um, before we do our last segment, Kyle, uh, I think this has been taken out of context. Maybe I've, I've misinterpreted some tweets, but uh, after the game, Dedrick Lawson was speaking to the media, and he talked about P.J. Washington being a little brother. And, uh, you know, they have a, a, a really kind of long history together. They played basketball coming up for many, many years, so they're really friends. And P.J. Washington talked about how much he enjoyed going up against him because he had normally just played against him. And maybe that was some of the motivation for why P.J. played so well. Uh, yeah, I mean, they played AAU ball uh, back in the day, and uh, they know each other really well. They, did, they didn't really have much of a direct matchup, I didn't feel like. Um, uh, it seemed like more often it was Reed Travis, on the uh, at least on the offensive end, going up against him. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, don't know what it, I don't know what motivates P.J. Washington, but whatever it is seems to have been uh, – in full effect the last two games and really two and a half because he played well, I think in this was it the second half against Auburn. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's slowly putting it together. I mean, the other thing too, uh, that I would point out, he'd have for the most part really elevated themselves in these marquee matchups since that Duke was one of the few guys that played well against Duke, but against ranked teams, Reed Travis is, is averaging like, uh, like nineteen and nine, wow. or something like that. Seventeen and nine, I think. Um, he's he's stepped up in those big games. I think a big part of it, guys talked about going into the game that he's the calmest of all of the guys on the team. Sort of, I think, naturally, as a grad transfer, as a fifth year senior, he's the calmest guy when you know the stage is big. And uh, Keldon said, you know, he's the most amped up. Keldon is. When those games when they start and I think you saw that a little bit yesterday I thought Keldon looked really out of sorts early mm -hmm. and then he settled in and made just some enormous plays and some like I said some huge shot his three pointers they were not great from three I think they're over eight in the first half uh but he stepped up uh and hit some some really big ones he hit one uh just ridiculously wide open one in transition in the corner uh and hit a huge wing with a guy right in his face that I think pretty well sealed the deal um, he has, uh, you know, we talked about it. It's, it's ebbed and flowed a little bit, but I, I continue to think that Ash, that, uh, that Keldon is probably the guy I want. And at the end of the game and with the ball, if you can get him to him for a good look, um, with the game on the line, he just seems to have a really, really good knack for hitting that clutch three pointer on him or not. Coming up next, we will share another quote. Cool story Kyle wrote this week um, about Nick Richards and where he's gaining some confidence. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Nick Richards, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, has five blocks. And Kyle, on The Athletic this week, you wrote about him and a relationship he has that is helping build his confidence. Yeah, I've been wanting to write this for a while. I knew about it in the summer and actually talked to Nick about it before the season and kind of been holding on to it. And then I finally got to talk to the other half of the story. Um, he's been dating uh, Leah Edmond, who is uh, tracking towards being, if she's not already, being the uh, greatest volleyball player in Kentucky history. She's already a three-time All-American. She was just SEC Player of the Year. Um, she leads. She's going to be the career leader probably in, in everything when she leaves. Um, 
obviously a super confident. She's a very outgoing person. Um, they've been dating like a year and a half. They met at like a gathering the summer before Nick's freshman year of all the UK athletes. And um, she, he, he talked about how she helps him with his confidence. And um, so I wanted to talk to her about that a little bit. And it's a cool story. I mean, she's, she was, he's a very quiet guy. Uh, she's very not quiet. And she, you know, she really like, she really uh, pushes him. She tries to, you know, bring the best out of him. She's also very encouraging to him. You know, he says like, how, how are you so confident all the time? And she tells him that, you know, she just goes out with this attitude that like, no one's better than me. Um, she's, you know, got him doing breathing exercises before games because she wants him to clear his mind. She said he thinks about basketball so much that sometimes it can be overwhelming the pressure of what people want him to be and, and, and what, how much he wants to be great can be overwhelming. And, and the thing I sort of start the story with is one of my favorite parts is, uh, when it gets to be kind of all too much, she just says, Hey, let's get in the car and go for a drive. And they drive out for sales road and, uh, out into horse country and Nick Richards from Jamaica and then New York, um, before he came to Kentucky, he'd never seen a horse. And so he really thinks horses are both bizarre and cool, <laughs> I think. And, uh, and he, he's calmed down by the, you know, it's a, you've, you and I have both taken those drives through the Kentucky countryside and horse country. It's beautiful out there and it's a great place to just kind of clear your mind and, and think happy thoughts. And so I think that's a neat thing that she said, you know, sometimes the best way to help him with basketball is to take him away from basketball. Um, and so, you know, I hope people will read the story. There's a lot more stuff. Really, there's a really great uh, section about like what he teaches her because um, the big thing is work ethic. You know, she's like, a lot of things have come easy for me. It's really been a struggle for him. He's only been playing basketball since he was like 13 or 14. Um, and he works apparently just all the time around the clock. He's always watching film of himself or, or doing extra work. And uh, that's really taught her something as well. And they, 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 it's, it, what struck me about them is they have like one of the most mature relationships of anybody I've heard. I mean, they, the way they describe it, they, um, it's a very grown, uh, grown up relationship. And I think it's a really healthy one. And, you know, Nick Richards has struggled with confidence his whole time here, you know, Kenny Payne and John Calperi have tried to help him. They got him with Bob Rotella, the, the world renowned sports psychologist to try to help him. And, and honestly, I think the one that's really helping him the most is a, is a volleyball player at Kentucky, his girlfriend. Do, do you mind if uh, we share how they officially started dating? Because when I read that in the story, I literally laughed out loud. We throw out LOLs yeah. all the, all the way, all the time and, in modern society, but this was literally an LOL moment for me. I'll just read the paragraph from Kyle's story. He, he kind of, they, they talked and then it said, it goes on naturally. They kept hanging out a few weeks into the game of who could pretend to be less interested. Richards asked Edmund to bring him food. I'm not your girlfriend. She snapped. Yeah, you are. He answered. Oh, she said, okay, what do you want to eat? <laughs> <laughs> that's just it's just so funny to me like yeah you're my girlfriend okay well, well yeah. what do you want for dinner <laughs> yeah yeah it was, yeah it was pretty great like you know the, the the part before that where they were you know they're at this party and he he sent somebody and said hey i want to talk to that girl and she just doesn't is not having it she's like who are you why are you taking me away from my friends why are you so quiet? I don't like quiet people. Uh, that part of it, well, I say they have a mature relationship. That part of it is like 
quintessential uh, young love. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to knock you down on the playground and then you're going to be my girlfriend. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. It's, I, 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 you know, I hope people will read it. I hope they do have, too. But I think, uh, I, I think those are, I really enjoy that opportunity to talk about a player in a way that is beyond uh, basketball. And it also helps people understand these guys are like us, a teenage athlete when you get a better sense of, like, oh, this is like a totally normal person who has a totally typical life and all the struggles and stresses of, of any 19-year-old. And I, I think probably helps you celebrate their success a little more and maybe be a little kinder and gentler uh, when they're not as good as you uh, want for your sports team. Yep, I would completely agree. Um, we didn't get to talk at all about game day. We might throw some things on there in the next podcast because I went to that and there were some next kind one. of funny things. And you okay there, Kyle? Drop something? I don't know. There's a loud noise. Anyway, yep. um, if you want to hear more of me and Kyle and you're listening to this uh, before Monday at 9 a.m., you can tune into the Leach Report. We'll both be back on there doing Kyle's weekly thing segment that needs a name. If you have an idea for what you should, we should call that when... Kyle and Tom talk. Normally, he used he used to have Monday morning quarterback. He, he's been talking. Tom talks to former quarterbacks during football season, and now he's for some reason talking to Kyle during basketball season. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to call it get tucked, get tucked, <laughs> or get tuck t- off. <laughs> Whoa, I don't know about that. Hey now, um, yeah. So, so tune into that, uh, and uh, also you can check out. We talked a lot about what you know, Pete. P.J. Washington, Reed Travis, and all those guys had to say, John Calipari and Bill Self. I have all the videos on my timeline. I'm at Curtis Birch. They're also available on BigBlueInsider.com. And you can read all Kyle's work that we discussed today on The Athletic. And Kyle, let everybody know where they can follow you on social media. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Be sure to be following at LockedOnUK on Twitter and find LockedOnKentucky on Facebook. Just search LockedOnKentucky. Also, if you have a smart speaker, just say play podcast locked on Kentucky and then boom, we're like coming out of Alexa's speaker and there you go. And you don't even have to press any buttons. If you're making a beautiful breakfast and you're like, ah, it's too quiet in this house. I need some, some accompaniment. Curtis and Kyle can be right there while you're cooking up some eggs. Just say play podcast locked on Kentucky. Uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and most importantly, share this with somebody else who would enjoy. Thanks again to Buffalo Trace for sponsoring this edition of the show. Check out their website, buffalotracedistillery.com, and go check them out and get some 10% off their merchandise when you visit their gift shop. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Yeah, read it. You, you go ahead if you got it right there in front of you. Well, I don't have it. I don't have it right there in front of me. I can get oh. it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let me let me uh, let me pull it up. I'll. Uh, yeah, we can. I'll cut I'll, this out. Hang on. Just a second.